because he lives, we can face tomorrow. How about you just raise your hands all across this place this morning and just give him a little bit of praise, a little more. Take it up with just one more little notch because he is here. Because you live, Lord, I can face tomorrow. No matter what I'm going through, no matter what I'm facing, God, because you live, God has spoken to us in this building this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Such a powerful presence of the Lord here this morning. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Such a presence of the Holy God in this house. Thank you, Jesus. How about we just shout with her for a couple minutes? How about we just shout with her? God's getting ready to give. God's doing a blessing. God's touching her. God's moving through her right now. God's giving her the strength that she needs. Lord, you're so good, God. I know it's not me, but Lord, bless her. Bless her anyway, Lord. Pull it upon her, God. Pull it upon her family. Come on, let's rejoice with her. Let's rejoice with her with what the Lord is doing. God, because you live, I can face tomorrow. Because you live, I know I got the victory. Because you live, I know there's no devil in hell that can defeat me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles, thank God for our praise team. Amen. They've been thrown into it. Thank you, Sister Windsor, for picking up and just coming and playing. So many sicknesses going around, but you know what? The Lord, the Lord has a word for us today. What a service we've had. What a move of God we have. And it's not over with yet. Amen. And uh, Brother Arvin, you were right in tune with God, and Brother Chris, so were you. They, uh, I love it when God confirms one to another of what he's doing. We are privileged, church. We are privileged because what happens here today, what happened today, doesn't happen everywhere. We are a privileged church, amen? And we're going to get right into the word of the Lord, and we're going to get, if you'll turn with me to Esther. And I do believe the Lord has given me a word for this church. But before I, I really dive into the word of the Lord, uh, how many of you are tired of just uh, being, uh, this is what I feel like God told me in a few, a few weeks ago. I wasn't able to preach last week because my, my throat was all messed up and all of that. But I, I began in prayer and I was, I, was, I was talking to God about our church and about each other and, and just about what God is doing in our midst and how God's moving us into an apostolic different realm of apostolic ministry and, and, and different things. And, and I told the Lord in prayer, I said, God, I'm sick and tired of your people having to come back every single Sunday and get the victory again. I'm sick and tired of having to come in here every Sunday and battle through something that God has already given us the victory over the week before. And God began to deal with me, and God began to talk to me a little bit. And, and he took me to Job, and we started, I started doing a little de in-depth thing to Job. And, 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 and God began to tell me Satan works the same way today as he did back in the day of Job. 
that he attacks the same way today, he attacks us the same way today as he attacked Job way back then. And I was like, okay, God, what are you, what are you, what are you going with this? What are you, what are you talking about? And he said, he said, just follow with me a little bit. He said, you go into Job. What's the first thing? When the enemy attacked Job, what's the first thing? We're all, there's not any guests in here this morning. Well, there is, but they're not guests. They're part of the family. Sister Joanna's dad and stepmom, they're here today. God bless you. Thank you for coming to the house of the Lord. But here, here, here's the deal. You may be seated. We're going to, I'm sorry, but we're, I, I just really feel like God's in this, and, and, and we're going to dive right into it. What's the first way God attacked, uh, Satan attacked Job? His what? His wealth. He attacked him with his wealth. He took everything he did, all of his cattle, all of anything that he had to make money to support his family, he took it from him. What's the second way? His family. Took, wiped out his entire family. Took his family from him. His wife. I don't know. I think maybe that's legal grounds for divorce right there when your wife says, give it up and die. This is my tie. You got this for me for Christmas. It's in my Christmas pile. But anyway, so his wife says, curse God and die. His own wife turned against him. Joe still held it together, right? And then what happened? It touched him, gave him boils, touched his body. But through it all, Satan was going back and forth to God. And God said, go ahead and do this. Go ahead and do that. Go ahead and touch him. But here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. You can't take his life. You can touch him. You can destroy everything. But you can't kill him. You can't take his life. Put on whatever he wants to put on. Do whatever you want to do. Attack him however you want to attack him. But you can't kill him. You got to release it before it gets to that point. I come to tell somebody here today that no matter what the enemy's coming against you with, it can't kill you. And we got to get it in our spirit. We got to get it in our mind. And we got to get it in our heart that we are an overcomer. We are victorious. He can fight us all the way. But at the end of the day, we win. We win. So, so, so think about this. This is exactly how Satan attacks us today as Christians. He attacks us. Man, ladies conference, did you some good. What's a English blank? Nothing. Helper Jesus. Special touch. He attacks us the same way today. He attacks our job. He attacks our finances. We can't worry. We, we, we get to a point where we don't worry. We're so worried about the money and we're so pressed about the bills and, and we're so pressed about this that it, ja- it zaps our joy. It, it zaps our faith. And, and we kind of just start focusing on that. And then we take every job we can possibly take to, to just pay the bills. And it kind of hinders our walk with God. That's an attack. That, that's Satan attacking our home. That's Satan attacking your, your finances. Because if he can get your mind off of God, and off of the blessing of God and on to the problem. He's got you exactly where he wants you. Then he starts touching your family. 
It starts touching your family. Your family comes upset with you. Your family begins to say, I don't understand why they're doing it. I don't know why this is happening. Uh, just forget about it. It's not worth living for God. You don't have to worry about going to church today. Go to work. Make the extra money. God will take care of you. Now, if you have a choice between being in church and, and, and skipping a shift at work, come to church. Come to church and watch God move. Watch God move. Come to church. Watch God move because that is an attack from Satan. That is a way that Satan attacks us to get us away from God. And then he attacks our health. And when we're sick, we don't feel good. We don't feel like praising God. We don't feel like worshiping God. We don't feel like our families are sick. Our problems are, are struggling. And I begin, so so you, see where, you see what I'm saying? It's the same three things. You know, old saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's his mentality. It ain't broke. He still attacks us. He's attacked this church the same way, the same way, the same way. Generation after generation, problem after problem, people after people. It's still the same three things, finances, family, and health. If we will understand that God's in control of all of those things. And God is in control. I know we get sick. And I'm not, I'm not minimalizing that. I'm not saying that. But I refuse to stay sick. I refuse to let my sickness hinder me with my walk with God. I refuse, and, 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 and I'm not saying that if you're sick, your walk's hindered with God. But I'm saying we've got to get a mindset of saying, you know what? Not today, devil. I ain't got time for that. God is going to heal me. God is going to touch me. Instead of reaching for the Tylenol bottle up in the closet, how about reaching for God in the prayer closet? Before you go and try to get a medicine, go get the doctor of all doctors and say, God, I know that you're my healer. God, I know that you're my deliverer. God, I know that you're my victor, God. Lord, you're able to heal me. You're able to touch me. Thank God Sister Becky's here today. I was talking to her yeah, the other day, and she refuses to take the pain pills that God, that the doctors wanted to have. And you got to know her testimony. you got to know where God's brought her from. But you know what? I guarantee you along the step of the way, God's given her strength every single time. Why? Because she's relying on God. Folks, that's what the enemy wants us to get off focus about. He don't want us relying on God. He wants us to rely on ourselves. And he was as relying on culture. So I'm just going to give us a little wake up call. Finances, health, and family. Doesn't have to be in that order, but it's always the same three things. And we will understand that God is our healer. We don't have to worry about sickness. God is our provider. We're faithful to God. God will be faithful to us. Number three, he is our way maker. He is the center of our family. He is the center of everything. You're having family problems, make sure you keep God in the center. Pray, God, give me wisdom, give me direction. God, help me, lead me, guide me, and direct me. Because once we understand that he is in control of everything, we can't just shout when everything's going good. We can't just give God praise and glory and all this when everything's going good. And this is where really, really where God just started dealing with me about it. It's like we'll come in on Sunday and we'll get a great blessing and we'll get God moving and we'll, we'll, we'll leave and we'll be good up on a high note for a few days. And then the attack of the enemy will come in and then on Sunday we're right back down in the same way. we got to pull ourselves right back up. You'll know why because it is an attack of Satan against you and against this church because we can't effectively reach our kingdom, uh, the kingdom of God. 
God and we can't effectively reach our city when we're always trying to pull ourselves up out of the miry clay. I don't know about you, Brother Lanza, but there's an old song that used to say, He picked me up and placed my feet on solid ground. Out of the miry clay. I'm telling you, the enemy doesn't want you to realize that you're lifted up and you're an overcomer. God has so much more for you than just that. I understand we have problems. I understand we have situations. I understand we have highs. And I understand we have lows. But listen, I'm just being pastor today, okay? And if it makes you mad, I'm sorry. You're going to have to take it up with God. But this is, this, is my, this is my problem. We always seem to forget who God is. Enemy comes in. We just sink down. We just let the load gravitate on us. And we begin to see the bad and we begin to see the negative. And I got to watch this. My wife kind of pointed this out to me. I'm a glass, kind, glass half empty kind of guy. When I see something, I always look on the bad side, Brother Joe. I always look on the negative side. I always, that's just my natural flow, I guess. But, but, but my wife is, on the other hand, she's a half glass kind of full lady. She, you know what, we, we, we got a great breakthrough service, and it's, it's kind of half full. You know, man, she's pumping it up. Man, we had a great service today. I'm like, yeah, but it could have been this. And I've got to be careful with that. But here's the deal. That is a trick of the enemy that he uses on me, Brother Miller. Because he wants to keep me down here when I should be floating up here. And am I, am I talking to anybody here today? I'm, I'm telling you, problems come, problems go, things happen, life comes, life goes. But God is still God. And if we can rejoice him when the bills are paid, we should be able to rejoice in him when the bills are not paid. When we are feeling good, we can rejoice and we can pray and we can sing and we can dance. When the bills aren't paid, we should be able to sing. We should be able to dance. Why? Because God is in control at all times. All of that was free. God just kind of spoke that to me the other day and kind of gave it to me and told me to say it today. So we're going to say it. I said all that. Now we're going to get into the word of the Lord. Throw up the picture, please. Set in the ancient times, this picture depicts one man standing around, standing when all the other people bowed down to him, to a passing official, a soldier following the official is pointing to the upright man in fury. This is a picture of Mordecai and Haman. Haman was coming through the land. Haman was coming through there. Everybody was bowing down at Haman. Uh, but there was one man, one Jew, by the name of Mordecai. And he said, I don't care. I am not going to bow down. I bowed down to no man. I, there's no I, the king. I'm not even going to bow before the king. I respect the king, and I'll honor the king, and but I'm not going to bow to him because there's only one person I will bow to and that is Jesus Christ and I come in here with a word to the Lord from the Lord to T.O.P. today is we need to quit bowing down to some stuff out in the world we need to quit bowing down to the TV we need to quit bowing down to the political system the, to, to Facebook, Twitter, whatever you're doing we got, we got to quit saying uh, quit worrying about what people are saying and put what God's saying in our hearts 
But here's the thing. we got to get a little bit of Mordecai down in our spirit. And you know what? Haman could have had him dead. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to go through that a little bit. But there was something down inside of Haman that said, I am not going to bow. I come to tell you that when you're facing your problem and you're facing your situation and you're going through it, there's got to be something down inside of you, Brother Chris, that says, I'm not going to bow down to the pressure of the enemy. I'm not going to bow down to the pressure of my finances. I'm not going to bow down to the pressure of the sickness. I'm not going to bow, bow down to the pressure of my family. Why? Because there's only one person I'm going to bow to. And that is when I get to heaven, I'm going to bow down to Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the host of hosts. But he was mad. So the first thing I want to address to T.O.P. this morning is this. It, to what it takes to be an overcomer. Turn with me to Esther chapter two verses, uh, chapter 3 verses 2 through 5. And all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and reverenced Haman. For the king had so commanded concerning him. But Mordecai bowed, now, bowed not nor did he reverence. Then the king's servants, which were in the king's gate, said unto Mordecai, Why transgressest thou the king's commandment? Day after day they warned him, but he would not comply. So they reported it to Haman to see whether Mordecai's behavior would be tolerated since he had told them that he was a Jew. And when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed down not nor did he reverence him, then Haman was full of wrath. Let me tell you something. Once you start resisting the enemy, once you start making up your mind, I'm not going to bow, I'm not going to give in, I'm not going to stop worshiping, I'm not going to stop praying, I'm not going to stop fasting, I'm not going to stop growing in God, he's going to get mad. He's going to get mad, and he's going to put a little bit more on you, and he's going to try to, he's going to, try to get you to bow. He's going to put the pressure on. But I come here to tell you today, no matter how much pressure the enemy in life applies on you, Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, is still mightier, still more powerful than anything that you're going through in your life. Somebody in this building today needs to get a mindset made up that I am an overcomer. You see, the story of Mordecai reminds us all that no matter what our background is, no matter what our circumstances is, nor the power of the enemy that is standing against you right now, will ever overcome the God that you serve. When you give your allegiance to God, when you give God everything you've got, as Sister Amber was talking a little bit about here today, what a great first word, Sister Amber, thank you. But when we make that allegiance, Sister uh, treat when we say, you know what, God, I am yours. Whatever's in my life is yours, and whatever's going through in my life is yours, God. When we make that allegiance that no matter what, God, I am on your side. No matter what I'm facing, I'm on. I, I, I'm with you, God. I'm, I, I'm loving you. I'm serving you. I'm praying. I'm fasting. When we get a hold of that, we need to understand that there is no greater force in hell that is fighting you. There's no enemy that's standing in front of you. It's more 
powerful than God Almighty. When you make up your mind, everything's about a made-up mind. Uh, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all ways. I'm here to tell T.O.P. today that it is time that you make up your mind. I'm on the side of the Lord. He's my victor. He's my strength. When I make that allegiance, when I make that allegiance, I will be victorious. You see, this is, when, this is what it takes when uh, all the odds are stacked against you. This is what it takes when you get that phone call. Well, pastor, you got, uh, you got cancer. You got this going on, and you got this going on, and you got this going on. You see, that's an attack from the enemy right there. I believe that. And I've had it happen to me. And the first thing I did when I got that phone call and that doctor told me that, the first thing I did, I didn't call Jesus. Sadly enough, I called my insurance company to make sure my life insurance is still happening. Because you see, my dad, my mom died of kidney cancer. And then 10 years later, my dad died of kidney cancer. And I just got the most dreaded thing news ever that I had it. I want to make sure my family was taken care of. And then I went to prayer. And then I went to prayer in Jesus. And that's when God began to start dealing with me and working with me. And God said, son, he said, I'm doing this to show you that I am the God of cancer. I began to, I was like, okay, God, well, I already knew, I knew all that, God. He said, you say you knew it. But when you got the word, you thought you were dead. He said, you got faith for everything. But you've never had faith that I could heal kidney cancer. Because I lost my mom. I lost my dad. God never healed him. He never healed my mom, but my mom lived a little over 10 years on dialysis. Full renal support. Full renal support. The time she would start to feel good, she'd have to go back to her dialysis, and then she'd be wiped out again. And we all know that story, and we all know how that kind of goes. But God never healed her. But, and one day when, she, when, 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 when the day she passed, I was there with her. I was reading to her 23rd Psalms, and I began to, that was her favorite scripture. And when I got to the part of, though I walked through the valley of death, my mom's mouth opened up, and this breath came out. I knew that was God, and God just took her right there nice and peaceful. Doctors told us it was going to be horrible death. It was going to be, she's going to be drowning in her own fluid. She's going to be gasping for all this stuff. She didn't have any of that because God was in there. But God began to deal with me when I got that news, Brother Lanza. And God began to work on me. And God began to say, you know what? I can do this. I am doing this to show you that no matter what, I can heal you. And then God did. God may have not, I've lost my kidney, but that's, that's okay because I'm healed. I've never had to have uh, uh, chemo. I've never had to have any of that other stuff that comes with that because God made sure it was all still encased in that thing. And they were able, look, they said, hey, we can take half of it. I was like, no. No, you didn't. Take it all. Just get it all. Because I don't want none of it. I don't want, I don't want a chance of any of that stuff. And God began to deal with me. He said, you can rejoice in everything else. And I need you to rejoice in this because I'm doing a work. And I'm trying to show you that I am the God of kidney cancer. And you see, and that's a pretty big enemy. Everything was stacked against me. Family history. Everything they say going on, everything the doctors are saying, that is a pretty big enemy. But somewhere along the line, I realized that God is greater than all of that. 
And I refuse to allow the enemy to take my joy, to take my peace, to take my strength. I go to the doctor's several times a year, and they automatically, oh, your kidney's failing. You're going to have to go on dialysis. You're going to have to do this. And every time, my number, my magic number for my kidney is 58. 58. My kidney outputs 58. The doctor that did the surgeon, he, said, he told me, he said, the best, the best your numbers could ever be is 50. Because each kidney filters 50%. I've only got one. He said, your best number will never go above 50. My number is 58. You can't tell me that ain't God. And trust me, I eat all kind of junk I ain't supposed to be eating. I eat red meat all the time. But see, God is with me. God has shown me that he can do this. And I don't allow the, enemies to get, the, the enemy to get me down when I hear those reports and I see those reports. Why? Because I know that God is greater. And when we make that allegiance, when we make that pledge, he's on our side. You see, Mordecai, I came from humble beginnings in the son of Jewish exiles. He was from the tribe of Benjamin in ancient Persia. His enemy was Haman. He was so infuriated by Mordecai's refusal to bow down to him. He had power. He had wealth. He had the king's ear. And he had ability to issue commands in the king's name. There is no earthly way that Mordecai could have overcome such a powerful enemy. But here, pastor, today, when God... God calls you to be an overcomer, you will become an overcomer. You can be certain that when the odds are stacked against you, and when the in the face of everything seemingly and looking like it's impossible, when you experience a breakthrough, you will not receive the glory, but God will receive the glory. When you get that healing, it won't be because of you, it'll be because of God. And God sent me here today to tell T.O.P. it is time for us to get a mindset and get it in our hearts and get it in our spirits that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. We are overcomers and if he has already called us to be an overcomer, we're going to overcome. Hear me today, God. God is doing something God is already, he has spoken time and time again, and he has declared it time and time again that this church is a church of restoration, and that's true. People do come through the doors that need to be restored and need to be lifted up to God and restored back in their right place with God. But God has also said we are going to be a soul-winning station. We are going to see the drug addicts come through. We're going to see the alcoholics come through. We're going to see the prostitutes come through. We're going to see our city saved. We're an overcomer. It's in our destiny. God is going to do it. But here's the deal. We can't be that church when we're always constantly trying to pick ourselves in our faith up out of the mud and up out of the mire and up out of the clay. And I'm not, I'm not here today trying to make a light of anybody's problems and anybody's situation. Brother Arnell, I love you and I think you've had the worst four or five months of your life. I'm not here minimizing it. It's a very real thing but somewhere along the way this man his wife his son has made up their mind you know what she's going to come out 
Everything's going to be okay. I'm going to keep on walking. I'm going to keep on rejoicing. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm not going to let the enemy hit me. It seems to be one thing after another, one thing after another. But you know what? God is good. I believe she took 100 feet the other day. I believe she took 45 feet the other day. Seven, she texted me the other day and said she, she could put her sock on now by herself. I'm telling you, God is doing it. But somewhere along the way, there was something inside of them that said, you know what? I'm an overcomer. I'm not going to let the enemy steal my joy. I'm not going to let the enemy steal my home. I'm not going to let the enemy... If you are going through something in your life, you should have been on your feet right there. You should have been praising God right there at that point. Why, Pastor? Because you're in trouble and you need God in the midst of it. And God is preaching directly to you today that He is here to pick you up out of that prayer, out of that problem, out of that monk, out of that mire, out of that mess. And He's going to put your feet on a solid rock, which is Him. He's getting ready to put something inside your spirit today that you will never, ever, ever, ever doubt His power again. I doubt His ability again. This isn't Word 101 from Ray. This is a word directly from God for this church this morning. The presence of a powerful enemy. Mordecai's allegiance to God and to his Jewish faith was likely to be the reason why he risked his life by going against the king's etiquette and refusing to bow down to Haman. I believe that this, it is the same for you and I here today. If we believe in this message, we won't back down. If we believe in this message of separation, holiness, and love of God and peace of God, we will not back down. I don't care how unholy other people get. We are a holy, separated church unto God. <laughs> holiness comes from relationship. The closer you get to God, the more holy you will become. Because the more holy you become, the closer you get to God, the better of a relationship you have with God. And the less of the world that you would have in you. We will not back down in pressure. I believe I am against abortion in any form. I don't care what the pressure of society says. I don't care that there's other churches saying you should agree with it. You should do this and you should be that. I disagree with it because it is a direct violation of God's word. If we love this message and we love God, Brother Miller, we're not going to back down no matter what anybody says. No matter what pressure comes against us, we will not back down. I just wonder what type of Christian do you want to be? Do you want to be one when trouble comes in and you allow it to knock you down? Or do you want to be a man or a woman or a child of God, a young person in God's kingdom that's saying, you know what? You might hit me right now, but rejoice. can't remember it now, but it says, rejoice, not against me, O oh, thine my enemy, I 
shall arise again. I wanted to buy one of those little punchable things that rock back and forth. I believe that when the enemy comes in and he punches us, when we make up our mind, we just right, bounce right back up. Rejoice not because I'm still on my feet. I'm still standing. I'm still believing. I'm still praying. I'm still overcoming. I'm still overcoming. No matter what you throw my way, no matter how much you come against my finances, no matter how much you come against my home, no matter how much you come against, against my family, I'm still here today. I'm still standing. I'm still a child of God. Bring it on, big boy. Bring it on. Little, little carnal moment here. Anybody watch Rocky? Guy sitting there beating him. Rocky's like, man, you hit like a girl. Just kept on agitating him. You're soft. You're this. You're that. You, 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 your punches ain't doing anything. And the whole time, Rocky was psyching himself up. He was making him as mad as he could possibly make him. Because he knew along the way, once you start getting mad, you start... Anyway, anything possible, you just start throwing it. There's no rhythm to it. There's no mindset to it because you are mad. And then, then Rocky gets something down inside of him. And he starts coming up and he comes back and he beats that guy to a pulp. And the Lord, I, I, see, the Lord does speak to me even through carnal stuff. The Lord said, that's my church. He said, we need to stand up. Now, Joe's about the only guy that's taller in this church than me. So, we got to stand up against our giant. And the enemy can be hitting us, hitting our family, hitting our homes, hitting our houses, hitting our jobs. But somewhere along the line, the church of God's got to say, you know what? You hitting like a little girl. That doesn't mean anything. That is nothing. And the whole time he starts punching, he's getting mad. He's getting mad and he just starts swinging wildly. And that opens him up. For that killer punch. Now you want to know what that killer punch is? It is in the name of Jesus. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Not using the name of Jesus at the end of prayer. But using it at the beginning of prayer. In the name of Jesus. Satan I command you to get your hands off my job. Satan I command you to get your hands off my family. I command you to get your hand off my health. I command you to get your hand off my church. I command you to get your. You see there's something about it when we start making the enemy mad. He just starts throwing some stuff. There's no rhyme. There's no reason to it. He's just throwing everything at you with the kitchen sink. But somewhere down inside your heart and down inside your spirit, you need to remember this word that pastor's preaching to you today, that you are destined to be an overcomer. God has already called you. God has already chosen you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are victorious. We are victorious. But you see, I'm trying to hurry. You see, the enemy that's fighting you, the enemy that's coming against you, he's not content on just taking you out. He's not content on just taking Sister Treat out, Sister Alex out. 
He wants the family. And then he wants everything that you're connected to. Because he wants to keep you bound. He wants to keep you bottled up. He doesn't want you rejoicing because he knows. He knows the power of worship. He knows, Brother Mark and Tony, the power of praise. Let's not forget, that was his job. That was his ministry. That's what he did in heaven. He knew the power of worship. And if he can start hitting us, and he can start doing all this stuff, and we don't begin to realize that we're an overcomer, and that we got power and victory in Jesus Christ, and he starts sapping our worship, and he starts sapping our worship at home, our prayer life at home, and our, our praise, he knows he got us on the corner. He knows he's got us right where he wants us. You've already forgotten that you're an overcomer. This isn't in my notes. God's just kind of telling me to tell you. The disciples, they just left a miracle of the greatest miracles ever in the Bible. They just left the feeding of 5,000 with five fish, two loaves. Is that right, guys? Five fish, two loaves. They fed 5,000. And then they picked up baskets and had plenty left over. And the Lord comes to them and says, hey, Get in the boat, go on the other side. Do you think God didn't know that there's a storm brewing? Do you think that God did not know what they were about ready to face? And they went into that storm and it was battling, they lost all, they, they completely forgot what they just left, what they just saw God do. And God said, that's my church. They'll come to church on Sunday. They'll shout. They'll finally break through. They'll finally shout. They'll finally get it. They leave with a victory. And the enemy puts a storm. And we forgot what God just did. And you say, Pastor, no, that's not right. Yeah, it is. One Sunday, I was tempted to video you and your worship video you during song service and I'm telling you you can sit there and say no all you want that no that's not us I know for a fact that it is that the enemy will come in and he hits us all during the week and when we come back on Sunday we're trying to pull ourselves back up and God is saying that's not what he wants for his church I'm trying to pastor for a little bit is that okay it's not what I want you see, Sister Brooks, he doesn't want just you. He wants your daughter. He wants your grandkids. He wants the people that you're working around. And if he can steal your joy, he can steal your happiness, and he can make you miserable, he's accomplished what he wanted to do. What enemy, what enemy are you facing at this time? The presence of the powerful enemy is certainly proof of something. Brother Bailey used to tell me all the time, if nothing's going right in your life, then you need to hit a prayer. Uh, if everything's going right in your life, you need to hit your prayer closet because you're not giving God everything. And, he, and then he said, he backed it up where when you have problems and you have struggles, 
and the enemy's attacking you because you are in the will of God and you are in the place of God. You are where God wants you to be because here's the clincher. The enemy will not attack something he already has. The enemy will not attack something he already has. Something to think about. Something to think about. But here's the proof. Here's the thing. If you're going through it and you're battling something, and I know we've seen it a couple weeks ago. Brother Wade was here. All of us are battling something. All of us are going through something. You want to know what that tells me? That lets me know that the enemy's taking notice of you because you have something inside of you that he does not want released. Because it will destroy his kingdom. The enemy is not all powerful. We can control him and we can win victory over him in our mind. And we start putting him under our feet. But hear me. I'm getting ready to close. I haven't even begun to tap into all this, but I know that you're about done. I can feel it in the spirit. And I'm getting ready to get to a place where God said it's, it's kind of time to end it. But listen, the enemy, he is not content until he takes your worship. But I've come in this building with the word of the Lord today. And I come in here to serve the enemy. Notice if you'll stand all across this house. He isn't going to win this war. He isn't going to win this war because you are destined to be an overcomer. You are destined to be an overcomer. Every eye closed, every bow, head bowed. Here's, here's what I feel like God is telling me to tell you right now. And this is what God is trying to tell me to tell you. If you cannot believe that you're destined to be an overcomer, that's okay. Because I'll believe it for you. It's okay. If you just absolutely don't get anything I said today and leave this building still feeling a little bit defeated, feel it leaving this building a little bit down, leaving this building a little bit frustrated, it's okay because I'm going to believe it for you. I'm going to believe that you are victorious. I'm going to believe that you are delivered. I am going to believe that you have the victory. Even when you leave, even if you don't see it, know that your pastor has faith in you and knows that you are going to see it. And you see, here's the thing. If you, if you don't believe that you can praise your way through a problem, it's okay. It's okay because I'm going to praise it for you. I'm going to rejoice in it with you. I'm going to say, you know what, God, she doesn't feel it. Uh, God, she hasn't got the enemy under her feet just yet. But it's okay, God. You know why it's okay, enemy? Because I'm getting ready to put him under her feet for her. I'm getting ready to rejoice for her. I'm getting ready to praise for her. I'm getting ready to lift God. If you can't shout for the victory today, it's okay. Because I'm going to shout for you. You've got the victory. You've got the victory over your problem. You've got the victory over your situation. You've got the victory in your home. You've got the victory on your job. I'm going to shout it to uh, till my voice can't go anymore. That you are victorious. You are delivered. You are 
If you don't think you're saved, I believe it for you. If you don't think you're victorious, I believe it before you, before you. But here, hold on, hold on. Hear this. Hear this. This is straight from God. God said to tell them that you will not always be there to believe it for them. Somewhere between here and there, you got to start believing it yourself. You might not get it today. It might take my worship. It might take my praise. It might take my shout. It might take my voice. But God said to very plainly to tell you, do not always rely on me because one day I will not be here. Don't always rely on your pastor because one day, don't always rely on your ministry because there's going to come a time in your life where it's just you and your giant face to face. Hey, hold on a minute, buddy. I got to call my pastor. You think he's not going to try to deliver a knockout blow right there? Uh-uh. He's getting ready to cock his fist back and give you everything he's got. But somewhere down inside of you, you've got to understand that you are an overcomer. You are victorious. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But here it is. My mission from God here today is to get you into your mind, to get it into your mind and into your spirit that God has created you to be an overcomer. And when you realize that, you will win. You will win. Now, I, I just feel pushed in the Holy Ghost to tell you that when God is on your side, there's no enemy. I, I've said it, and I've said it, and I've said it. There's no enemy that can defeat you. But here, 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 here's, here, here it is. Okay, you can get ready to go. Here it is. If you remotely trust me as your man of God, and you remotely say, God, I don't feel it. I don't see it. Uh, remember, remember in the part of this service when Sister Janet was getting blessing, and I said, hey, how about somebody? How about somebody praising the Lord with her? How about somebody rejoicing with her? This is what I feel in the spirit. Uh, I know we're a smaller church, and I know we all got things going on, some bigger than others, and it affects us in all many different ways. But somewhere along the way, Brother Lanza, when Brother Joe and Sister Janet are going through something and they might not be praising, somebody needs to be over here praying. God, they don't see it, but Lord, I know you're going to do it. God, they don't see it, but I know you're going to do it. God, you're going to bless them. Uh, God, I know you're going to bring Janine home. God, I know you're going to. So can we do this right now? Can we do this right now? Can we just. Oh. Everybody that's got a problem, I'm, I'm not talking a headache, I'm not talking the flu, I'm talking about a battle that you think the enemy's getting ready to kill you. <clears throat> come up here, come up here, come up here. Elders, Brother Mark, Tony, I don't need you on the saxophone. Chris, I don't need you singing. I need you out here praying. I'm getting ready to, God is getting ready to release something in this atmosphere, and it is going to change this church. Okay, we see who's up here, right? We see it. 
We see it. We're not judging them. We're not worried about what they're going through. We're not worried about their problem. We're not worried about any of that. But let me, uh, Becky can't dance right now because her knee. But I tell you what, I believe, Sister Lanza, Sister Lanza, come and place your hand on her knee. I believe that God can touch her tendons right now. And God can heal her right now. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Can somebody rejoice for them? Can somebody rejoice for them? My brother's hurting. My sister's hurting. But can somebody put outside of their self, get outside of your little situation, get outside of your little problem, get outside of your thing, and can you just rejoice? Can you give the Lord a shout of praise for Brother Joe today? Can you give the Lord a shout of praise for Brother Arnell today? Oh, da 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 da